Oh, it's a major oh. inning. Might be a pizza roll in there for all of Now I'm imagining him shirt up, being able to play games like that. I have great confidence that that happens on the rig. <laughs> Speaking of dumbasses. <laughs> hey, welcome show. back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of 1980s pop culture and its influence. Today, my name's Will, and joining me as always are my friends and co-hosts, Cat uh, and John. Hey, guys. Hi, guys. Hey there. How's it going? Good. And hey, don't forget, because like I've been forgetting mm-hmm. to say it, but I haven't been forgetting to listen, as I'm telling you now, mm-hmm. don't forget to listen to John on his mm. very own podcast, ah. Grenix, Joan Up. <laughs> Or perhaps it's best you leave it out. <laughs> Don't Google that. Hang on. <laughs> that's his. Com- that's a- <laughs> oh, yeah. Google it incognito if that's, you do. That's the Here's- bizarro world. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Gen X grown. I had to pause and think about it. Gen X grown up because right, yeah. I wanted to say grown up Gen X, but that but there probably is a podcast. Even that. Probably by Growing now. up Gen X? By now. They're, or growing up yeah, I mean, Gen X? Some copycat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every kinda. permutation mm-hmm. of my style. name is sure. something taken. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Oh. Hey. It's an interpolation. Yeah. Interpolation. Hey, on today's Gen show, we're going to defend. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say defend. She needs no defense. She needs, let me put this, just to be clear. This person does not need any defending. So maybe no. that's not the proper way of saying it. Yes. <laughs> I don't need to defend her style because someone on the show was attacking her style. I'm not gonna say who it was, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up for her on this episode. Wait, wait, was it you? Someone said she was destroying beauty standards. Oh, that's right, uh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, and I won't say which well, one of it uh, as it was. Someone that person even show. said, "Look at her," and that was awful. I'm gonna stand up for her this episode. It was funny. Somebody did tell me it was mean, but really? they also knew you were joking. Oh, I have really? to guess who that might be. You can yeah, take I th- a I thought they might think that. Of course I didn't mean it. <laughs> I, and I knew that. And I was, yeah. like, I was laughing. Yep. Well, mm-hmm. right. I even forgot what you were talking about right now. Right. I'm going to cut all this. I'm going to cut Be this. reminded of this. Hey, welcome back to another episode of John X. Joan Up. John X. Joan Up might be available. All right. Hey, on today's show of 1980s Now, we are going to, for better or worse, defend uh, whatever it's mm-hmm. fine she needs no defense from us but uh, uh that, right. that's how mm-hmm. i feel i feel protective <laughs> of the film mm-hmm. producer that mm-hmm. most influenced mm-hmm. uh movies in the 1980s and since and mo as, as a result mm-hmm. i would say most influenced us in, in that in that media uh, are youths because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. we'll talk about it later mm-hmm. but you know she produced in one way or another as an associate or executive producer is, is this a quiz you still haven't said who oh. it is it's like this built up <laughs> I'm still waiting to see if it's actually Kat. Oh, you're right. That wasn't you. <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. I'm talking about Kathleen. Yeah, I'm going to land, land on that. It's a, it's it's a different a Kathleen. Cat. It's a Kat. Yes. Got it. Yep. They call her yep. Kathy, actually, yep. but yes. Kathleen Kennedy, who, you know, we'll talk about it. She's, again, she's been involved in, as an associate producer, executive producer, over, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, something like two, two dozen, maybe, well, I have a number here, mm. 18 films or something. In the 1980s alone, and we'll talk about some of them yes. that, you know, I think sort of track maybe our sort of development in our youth during that decade. But for since she took over Lucasfilm, she's been under fire by a certain aspect, a certain dark corner of mm. the fandom and... A certain ass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the recent <laughs> Star Wars celebration in London this last week, you know, 
just, you know, I won't, I wouldn't say brought them back out again because they're always out. Just gave them more mm-hmm. bullshit content mm-hmm. to produce. Mm-hmm. Really? Anyway, oh, I want to counter yay. counter programming. She might not need yeah. defending, but it probably doesn't hurt for her to feel like she has friends. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it <laughs> might make Will feel friends. better that he did defend. So I think, you know, oh, so, yeah. as long as there's some good to come out of it. Well, you know, I'm reminded of, I don't know what we talked about before, something. Like, oh, I know what it was when we talked about Willow that time, you know, we got some feedback mm-hmm. saying, you know, why are we bringing this up if we don't want anybody to notice it, basically. But we right. need to, yeah. I, I feel like just having, you know, sort of that negative stuff out there, the toxic bullshit mm-hmm. garbage, and people are responding to it. But if we don't do our part as a, you know, pop culture podcast mm-hmm. that talks about 1980s media, what are we really doing here? Do we, you know... Are we just merely Grenex Jonups and not the fully developed Genex grownups that we can be? Well, so what what is that that it's very eloquent, but the thing, you know, the only thing required for evil oh. to you know to be pervasive is for good people to not say mm, anything. Right. So, yeah. Ah, yes. so right. yeah, I yeah, have yeah. an overinflated yeah. sense of justice mm-hmm. too. I know this. You know, it does it takes very little for me to be like, something needs to be done about this. <laughs> and usually for, well, for me, it's, it. I don't do anything. And I'm just like, eh, it's fine. Or I'm just like in a rage because I've, <laughs> all the other ones have gathered, you know, the ones that I was like, sort of let go. I stuffed uh-huh, down. Uh-huh. All right. So what are we getting this mm-hmm, time? Mm-hmm. Is this going to be a rage? It's going to be a mix of highs mm. and lows, I think. Okay. All right. All right. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. Column a, column when I just think about these people, I start getting angry again. Anyway, before that. Sounds like you're picking your battles. Yeah, yes, you're right. Strategic. Hey, before that, we're going to review current news related to 1980s (laughs) media, including Diddy is still paying Sting. And even though that sounds like something from one of the Nintendo 64 video games, it's not. But speaking (laughs) Uh, of that, however, (laughs) we'll also be speaking about how Uh Super Mario Super Smash Bros. the box office. Uh, Stranger Things get the Saturday morning treatment. An indie Mm. series was canceled while Indy's sequel released a trailer. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a lot of news. Yeah. I, I think... Huh. That's a lot of cool stuff. I okay. think there was a maybe a contraction missing from that. Anyway, before that, a brief announcement. Join us this Wednesday, April 19th at 8 p.m. Eastern on either Facebook Live or YouTube. We're going to be recording our next podcast episode, and you can watch us live mm-hmm. on either of those platforms. And more than that, you can participate mm-hmm. in the show. Yeah. Send us your comments, your opinions, your thoughts, your feelings, and we will share them live on the air uh, while we record, and then you'll hear them when the episode gets published uh, next, you know, the following Monday. Uh, uh, and this topic, John, Cat, don't listen to this. The topic <laughs> is going to be the uh, 10 TV show themes that were also hits, but I'm going to put it uh, in the form of a game yeah. to my co-hosts and see if they can identify them from a series of clues and that sort of thing. And you'll be able to guess too in the comments. Okay, so mm-hmm. join us yes. this Wednesday, April 19th at 8 p.m. Yeah. Eastern on Facebook Live or YouTube and uh, get in on the fun. Okay. All right, enough of that. All right, hey, <laughs> let's get caught up on 1980s news. So, uh, look, speaking of uh, sampling, which we did, uh, you know, just last week, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we yes. spoke yep. with Luxury about this very, I don't know if this made it to the interview. If not, I've got a shift. <laughs> John peppered the episode with a healthy amount of hits, and Kat joined in at some point. <laughs> I think I actually had to cut out a few hits, by the way. <laughs> There was just well, one too many. Two, I'll give you a few extras this time then. That's yeah. fine. Hit it. dotty. That's all right. That's fine. <laughs> but I, and I don't know if this, I know Luxury and I talked about this and if it didn't make the final mm-hmm. interview, 
Uh, I'll be sure and share it. But um, in, in 2018, a conversation that Sting had with The Breakfast Club recently resurfaced again, and it confirmed that, in the video, it confirms that Diddy paid him $2,000 per day for, quote, the rest of his life, So what Sting said, end quote, for sampling the police frontman's uh, every breath you take without Sting's permission. So as Luxury and I mm. talked about, and, you know, and if you don't certainly guess by this, is that that mm-hmm. song that Puff Daddy, what he, he was then known as Puff Daddy in 1997 when he sampled, it, mm-hmm. and it was shortly after Notorious B.I.G. had passed, you know, was murdered, he recorded mm-hmm. I'll Be Missing yeah. You and just straight up, you know, whole cloth took uh, <laughs> police's uh, every breath you take. He didn't yeah. ask anybody. Mm-hmm. He just made it. And what point in the 90s was that? 97. 97. Okay. So mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. in an era at that point where you know better. As a musician, you know better. Where <laughs> I was thinking maybe. <laughs> right. And, and this is someone who's been in the industry long enough to rename himself twice. I mean, he's not new to this. He knows. Mm-hmm. He knows what he's supposed to mm-hmm. be doing. Right. Yeah. You're right. He was at least yep. Sean and then he became Puffy. Mm-hmm. So he was on a second name by then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, just a few days ago on April 5th, the hip hop mogul who's now known as Diddy. Uh, shared the mm-hmm. 2018 interview on Twitter with a comment that seemed to correct the amount. He wrote, quote, nope, 5K a day, love to my brother, end quote. Well, two days later, <laughs> however, Diddy tweeted an actual mm-hmm. correction, this time writing, quote, I want y'all to understand I was joking. It's called being oh. facetious. Well, the mm-hmm. way he writes it with a capital mm-hmm. F, it almost looks like facious. But facetious. <laughs> me and Sting have been friends for a long time. He never charged me 3K or 5K a day for missing mm. you. He probably makes more than 5K a day from one of the biggest songs in history. And I don't end quote. And I don't remember. I don't remember the statistics. But yeah, Sting is just that song alone. I think it's like the most uh, played mm. single. Like of I think Luxury was saying this mm. is like the most played single like of all time or something. It's it continues really? to be a ridiculous yeah. moneymaker for Sting alone. Just that. I like that song. But it, and it's instantly recognizable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But wow, that's the most played single. And I should have looked it up, or at least listened to my interview with mm. Luxury. But he may also now get a hundred percent of of Puffy's royalties from Missing You as well. So there's another dollar fifty. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if celebrities understand how tone deaf it is to be talking to the general populace about whether or not they're paying one another three or five thousand dollars a day for the rights to do something. Mm. I'm like, good mm. point. John. I mean, I mean. <laughs> You know, Sting could send a day's worth of profits my way and I'm taking care of for the month, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, no average person is like, I'm very curious to know how many thousands of dollars you pay. Nobody gives a damn. Right. Because they're not getting that money. <laughs> asked, yeah. Puff, Sean, P. Diddy, whatever mm-hmm. he's called now. I think mm-hmm. I think he likes talking about how affluent he is and he has to pay so, so many people so much money to self-aggrandize. Right. Really is what it comes mm-hmm. down to. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. you hear Sting mm-hmm. waving that flag. And technically he's not paying anything. What happens is if, if the deal is that he gets whatever percentage of the royalties up to 100%, you know, the publisher mm-hmm. is cutting him that money yeah. theoretically right. or whatever, right? Sure, yeah. Uh, but speaking yeah. of that, while it's unclear how much Diddy has quote-unquote paid Sting over the years, in a 2003 interview mm-hmm. with Rolling Stone, uh, Sting had said he had taken enough money from the rapper to put some of his six kids through college. <laughs> sure. He said, quote, nice. those guys just take your shit, put it on a record, and deal with the legality later. <laughs> End quote. All right. It's like, let's happened. see if anybody hears this and notices. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I saw a blip in an article that it was Elton John who brought it to Sting's attention. Like, wait till you right. hear this song. Right. Yeah. Or, right. You're going to be rich right. or richer. Yes. Well, a million yes, twice yes, over. It was something like yeah. that. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and you would think, look, this is 97. So again, in the 80s, we didn't know what we're doing. Towards the beginning of the 90s, we started having these landmark 
court cases that started settling some of these areas. Okay, but in 2018, mm-hmm. you should definitely know better because as we mentioned, as of in the mm-hmm. 90s, the deal, Puff Daddy had to cut Sting in on the deal for just ripping off his song. Well, the late, the late yeah. Juice World sampled Sting's Shape of My Heart, which is a song from the 90s, on his 2018 oh, yeah. song, Lucid Dreams, which peaked at number two on the Billboard okay. Hot 100 and sold over 10 million units in the U.S. alone. Sting is said mm-hmm. to own 85% of that song because of the sample, according to a tweet from the <laughs> song's producer, who said, fuck Sting uh-huh. and his whole team. After taking 85% of Lucid Dreams for interpolating Shape of My Heart, not even sampling. Mm-hmm. Look, he's drawing a distinction, Cat. Interpolating and sampling. Oh, I see. He threatened to take yeah. us to court for trying to get any percentage. Sting told Billboard in 2018 that the money he's made from Lucid Dreams will put his grandkids through college. <laughs> did, did they ask permission? That no, that, that, again, it was, yeah. I think that so was, that was the that issue. Was the problem, is yeah. That they didn't. Yeah. Congratulations, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> He really cares about education. I mean, ever since he wrote that, uh, what, Don't Stand So Close to Me, he was singing about teachers. Mm. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, another 1980s news, Bowser crushed at the box office. Or crushed the box office? Oh. Let's say crushed the box office. So mm-hmm. uh, it looks like a pretty good year so far for movies. Uh, since uh, March of 2023, mm-hmm. Hollywood's been, you know, uh, releasing films that folks have been actually eager to see, which, you know, it's been kind of mm-hmm. hot or cold in the last few years since the pandemic. the rebound. Yeah, it feels that way. Tom Cruise yeah. saved the movie industry. We know that. He brought it back. So I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as a result, we've had a number of box office records broken. Uh, mm-hmm. Last month was huge for Creed 3, Scream 6, and John Wick 4, setting new highs for their within their own franchises. Mm-hmm. Along those okay. lines, the latest adaptation of Super Mario Brothers far outgrossed the original from 1993. <laughs> wow. That's, that's quite a reach. Well done. There you go. <laughs> Consistent. Well, what's more impressive uh, than that is that it had one of the biggest box office openings of all time for an animated feature. Mm-hmm. Animated, yeah, okay. It banked mm-hmm. uh, $146 million domestically over three days and now sits atop the list of the biggest opening weekends of all films this year. Because mm. with an additional $173 million in earnings from abroad, it leaps Mario at $377 million, landing him in the fourth place among the top 2023 <laughs> movies. I should add a... Leaping and landing. I'm going to add a sound in there when I say that. You'll see. You'll see. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, John. Get the sound noise. Put that, I'll put that back. Hit it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's about, right now, it's about $110 million shy of overtaking Ant-Man and the Wasp, which we talked about as kind of a oh, lukewarm film. Sure. That shouldn't yeah, yeah, be so yeah. tough. Now, John John has seen it. <laughs> Kat and I have not seen it. Oh, no. Oh. Really? No. Still haven't so, managed. John, we, we know that mm-hmm. uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it currently holds a 57% with critics and a 96 with audiences, which, you know, I don't know. The <laughs> crit- that telling? <laughs> I don't know if the critics are children. So that's probably the biggest discrepancy <laughs> there. Uh, yeah. In a two-star review, NME wrote, quote, to paraphrase one of the title character's catchphrases, it's a mediocre. <laughs> that feels like a reviewer who had that in the chamber like and was going to use it no matter how good the film yes, was. Yes, it's like, yes. I've got my review ready. Was it's a mediocre. <laughs> no. I was, I was actually at a great deal of trepidation going into this. Yeah. Not because I thought hmm. it would be bad, okay. but I was expecting it to be more illumination fare with mm. like minions and grew and that kind of stuff, which is lots and lots of fart jokes and potty humor. Right. And maybe they're going right. to slap a coat of Mario paint on it. And it was going to be that. And it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. 
Everything you've heard is probably right, but none of those things add up to a bad movie. Did it have a paper thin plot? Yep. Was it a bunch of fan service? Yep. Was it things from the games put on the screen? Yep, yep, yep. All those things are true. <laughs> but I grinned and laughed throughout the film. I enjoyed it because they did it in such a way that it didn't feel pandering any more than I wanted to be pandered to in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, Okay. All yeah. right. Hmm. Awesome. So, yeah. I definitely want to see it based on mm-hmm. your appreciation of it. Yeah, I, I would and see it again. I, Call me when oh. ready to go. I'll go again. Okay. Oh, okay. Very cool. good. <laughs> Um, the biggest <laughs> lingering question for, for me is the voice. How, how did you think, did the Chris Pratt voice work yeah. for you? So I only paid attention to it in the opening. So the, the way that they okay. handled this is uh, Charles Martinet is in the film as the voice of Mario's father. Oh, okay. And at the beginning, they are Mario brothers who have a plumbing business. And so- mm-hmm. The super high pitched Mario voice, that is an affect they put on for the commercial for their business. But their real okay. voice is the ones you hear, the, you know, Chris Pratt and everyone. And oh, I think I listened to it at the beginning because I thought I'd be distracted. Mm. But mm-hmm. Mario talking is not the centerpiece of this movie. It's Mario jumping okay. and Mario running and Mario driving <laughs> and Mario punching. And every once in a while uh-huh. you get a grunt or a line, but it, uh-huh. it, it didn't call itself, didn't call attention to itself. Oh. And it just, Faded away after the first few minutes for me. So Chris Pratt didn't have to do very much. It sounds like <laughs> not much. Yeah, not much. All right. What you heard in the trailer is about what it is all the way through, and it 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 fades into the background to the rest of the movie. I, w- I was going to share with you guys a couple of weeks ago uh, the story. It's actually someone cr- chronicled the various mm-hmm. the evolution of Chris Pratt's comments regarding the voice as he's been asked about it since it was announced he was yeah, doing it. Really. And how oh, his responses okay. have changed. And by the end, it really it changed in the sense that, you know, he's sort of very enthusiastic at the beginning. And by the end, he's mm-hmm. just so tired of answering this question. Just leave me alone. Just, but, just wait till you see it. But at All some right. different, some mm-hmm. of the different points, maybe towards the beginning when he still had more energy about it, it was about, I can't yeah. wait for people to hear it. We tried so many things. I really worked on developing mm-hmm. a backstory that lent itself to the voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't imagine Chris Pratt sounding any other, other than Chris Pratt. Right, right. <laughs> it's Chris Pratt with just a little bit of a Chris Pratt every now and then. Just a Chris like, Pratt. <laughs> instead of, right. Instead of jumping in the pipe, you're going to jump into the pipe, right? right? Just every once in a while, you get a little one of those little flourishes, but yeah. otherwise it's just Chris okay. Pratt. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And did he say, right. maybe this is too much of a spoiler. Did he say the thing? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. All right. We'll have to see oh. it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. That gets too much. <laughs> hey, what we do know about the film though, in addition to John's uh, review here, which is other than blah, blah, blah. So we know there's no romance in it. Right. I didn't hear anything about blah, blah, blah. They, no. they wasted no time with a B plot of romance. Yes. That's right. <laughs> so uh, we know that uh, his uh, John Foolery uh, review is, uh, you know, it's all about the action of the film. Area. It does sound like he was right. sitting in the theater <laughs> Waiting for, wait, oh yeah, what was he waiting for? A fart? He was waiting for, for the, the fart. fart. <laughs> Which yeah. is funny because he just said they, he was worried they they put a coat of paint on the farts. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. No. Nope. It the, wasn't there. He was the waiting Mario for it. The Mario paint drowned out all the farts. It was actually a non-toilet humor. Why was he film. waiting for a fart? Because of, of the Minions thing? Did you did you say, say that before? Is that what that was? He, he misspoke. He, one oh, time waiting for the fart. I said something. Waiting for the fart wear. Waiting for the fart wear, yeah. Waiting for the fart wear. Well, okay. Well, what we do know, and something else that we know in addition to the, uh, uh, in addition to John's review is that 
The uh, <laughs> composer of the score was a gentleman named Brian Tyler, who also wrote the music for Fast and Furious and Iron Man 3. Okay. He worked Good closely job. with the Mario composer Koji Kondo to incorporate classic yep. themes from the games into the film. So not only mm -hmm. do you have these visual things, like John cool. said, stuff from the game is there. Little visual, uh, little mm -hmm. audio, rather, Easter eggs are sort of, you know, laced throughout the film. And to Ooh. hear him tell the story, it sounded like really fun for him to him and uh, the original composer to start discover ways of doing this. You yeah. know? And the more you pay attention to musical scores, the more you hear mm -hmm. those, those just little themes that are yeah. woven into the existing yeah. background music. You're like, Oh, that's the theme from this or from this. Yeah. If you don't know it, you, like you feel it in your bones. Like I feel I played that game. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's <laughs> so cool. One of them he referred to as something like taking a, uh, some music from a selection screen, like a menu, basically, yeah. and sticking it yeah. in a part of the movie. Very cool. He told Screen Rant that, quote, there are hundreds, I think, of references in the music that reference the game, but it's an original score, end quote. And uh, in mm -hmm. keeping with the retro source of the film, you can add a physical copy of the soundtrack to mm -hmm. your collection. The physical distributor I Am 8-Bit has partnered with Nintendo, Illumination, and Universal Pictures to reveal a series of products very familiar to our generation because you can get the soundtrack with Brian Tyler's score on a two-record uh, two, uh, LP exclusive colorway, they're saying. And the jacket looks, it really looks fantastic. The, the mm -hmm. album covers yeah. like the... It's like the it's like cool. the uh, images from the film or the posters are very colorful. That's right. Yeah. yeah, it looks like poster art. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can get mm -hmm. a seven inch offering or a, oh a two disc CD, uh, mm -hmm. and even a cassette. Mm -hmm. And you actually seem pretty reasonably <laughs> oh. priced. You can get a two disc CD for twenty bucks or the cassette for twenty bucks. That's seems unheard of. <laughs> I often wonder. Wow. Like now, now when people buy vinyl, yeah. I think yeah. that, that record players are pretty ubiquitous in most people's homes now if they're music aficionados. They've mm -hmm. like I've gone back mm -hmm. and got a good turntable because now I get vinyl. Mm -hmm. You yeah. can buy the cassette and maybe never know what's on it because I, does anybody <laughs> sell cassette players anymore? Unless you just go yeah. like it vintage, you gotta go to Goodwill to find uh, them. Yeah. I don't I don't see people right. selling cassette players. Mm. <laughs> I mean you get those Bluetooth boom boxes like I have, but yeah. But I know what you're saying. Do they That's, sell a yeah. Yeah. do they yeah, sell yeah. like you're saying, you have a equivalent of a quality turntable, a quality Cause mm -hmm. that's probably right. a misnomer right there. Right. A quality cassette deck, right? I mean, maybe yeah. It's an oxymoron yeah. as they say. Yeah. <laughs> I loved my, is cassette that a cassette deck. pun? Like you put an oxy in there because it's one of the tape coatings and that's, that, Ooh, was, wow. that was meta. Yes. Oh that's what I meant. Eek. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you still have your cassette player cat, right? No, I don't have my original. It got destroyed in a hurricane. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh. Is there anything more 80s than that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of my stuff got destroyed in various hurricanes. I think the only cassette player I have left is actually a cassette digitizer that's a glorified Walkman mm, right. that has an, ah. a USB plug. So you can rip a cassette to digital. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yep. Exactly. Um, while it, not included on this, on this soundtrack, at least, there's a bunch of tracks from our youth scattered throughout the movie, too. Yes. John confirmed Yay. for us. <laughs> Uh, including Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Tyler, uh, Take On Me by Aha, Thunderstruck, ACDC, uh, uh, No Sleep oh. Till, Brooklyn, Beastie Boys, uh, and Mr. Blue hey. Sky uh, from ELL. All songs I love. Uh, I heard people complaining yes. about the fact that they were using 80s music inside of the Mario game like it didn't fit in there. Mm -hmm. First of all, what? Yeah. those people what? are full of shit. But <laughs> yeah, assuming you had a leg to stand on, each time it came uh -huh. on, yeah. the thing about these great tracks is yeah. they are... They come with predisposition as to what's about to happen. What kind of excitement, oh. what kind of energy is happening. Mm -hmm. When the Beastie yeah. Boys, No Sleep Till Brooklyn came in, they were in mm -hmm. Brooklyn. 
right? They, they, because it was when they're in the real world and they're in right. New York and, and they're getting okay. busy doing the work they're going to do. I'm like, oh, this is like, I felt you feel hyped up because mm-hmm. that song brings with it a certain energy. And I thought it was yeah. used to great effect. I don't know why people were upset that they, I guess because it wasn't Mario chip tunes, but they were great. That's why he got a 56% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it's abysmal. <laughs> <laughs> I think John had that loaded as well, just like that critic. Oh, yes, I think he might have to. <laughs> uh, hey, another 1980s news. Per The Hollywood Reporter, Stranger Things animated series uh, coming to Netflix. So among the... <laughs> Do you already have a comment, John? I'm, so, I'm just excited. Go, go. Okay. I'm excited. It sounds great. So last Monday, Netflix announced a straight-to-series order. So they must be excited, too, because they announced a straight-to-series <laughs> order for an untitled animated series set within the Stranger mm. Things universe. Now, plot details are being kept under wraps, though a creator's Matt and Ross Duffer said it would be in the vein of, quote, Saturday morning cartoons, <laughs> unquote. I'm just picturing a whole lot of Scooby-Doo vibes. Exactly. I want that crazy, <laughs> yes. low frame rate, oh, thick black lines, yes. flat-filled yes. colors, yes. Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. That, right. Yep. And, and the Duffer brothers are the people who would actually bring it to us. I think that has so yes. much potential. If it's any higher res than that, yeah. they've missed. I, I agree. <laughs> yes, yes. The repeating background. Like super Friends. Yeah. Yes. Do, super do, Friends do, plus do, He-Man. Do, do, do. Mm-hmm. Walking music. Yeah. Yeah. Occasional uh, yes. you know, yes. shading errors, you know. Like, yeah. Oh, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. They forgot yeah. to call yeah. her a cell in or something. Or, or the most damning <laughs> one, which is like the whole scene is a certain color and the part that's moving is clearly yes. painted in a brighter color. Yes, it's like, oh, know. I see what's going to move now. Yes, um, Oh yeah. yeah. Like that. do all that. Do all that. make it look oh, like an old yeah. Star Trek animated series. Like that kind of like Oh yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I was Can't wait. I was immediately yeah. thinking about uh the Dungeons and Dragons animated series as another kind mm-hmm. of, you know, fantasy Same thing we talked mm. about yep. that was short-lived and uh didn't uh yeah. G- yeah. get as much out of it as we I had hoped as a kid. J- just copy any filmation production. Mm-hmm. Go. Oh yeah. I mean, exactly. I even want to hear yeah. that little <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. I hope. I hope, I hope. It's unclear if any of the uh, flagship yes. show's beloved cast will be voicing any characters, mm. but we don't even know which characters will be yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the yeah, Duffer yeah. Brothers will also exec produce the series along with their Stranger Things collaborator, Sean Levy. So that's good news. Mm-hmm. To John's point, you know, we yeah. know we can trust these guys. Every season is, for, most, for the most part, it's a consistent mm-hmm. quality. So we shouldn't mm-hmm. suspect anything else. Uh, the Duffers uh, released this statement saying, quote, we've always dreamed of an animated Stranger Things in the vein of the Saturday morning cartoons that we <laughs> grew up loving. Mm-hmm. And to see this dream mm-hmm. realized has been absolutely thrilling. We couldn't be more blown away about what the animators have come up with. That's the part that gives me the most hope. Every time they talk about it, they go, da, 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 in the style of animation Saturday morning, yeah. dot, 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 in the mm-hmm. style. Like they're yeah. hitting that hard. So yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's clearly not an afterthought. Yeah. And I don't think it matters what characters they use. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> and there's so many to choose from. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, it'll it'll hit. Well, it did it. <laughs> it'll hit it. In addition to the uh, animated uh, series that we can uh, long for, that we're longing for now, the upcoming fifth and final season is yet to hit uh, Netflix. But we also talked recently about the the London stage uh, stage show, Stranger mm. Things, the first shadow that we've got. Uh, you know, we don't know what to what that's going to be about. I mean, we do know what it's right. going to be about. Mm-hmm. I guess we don't know. We haven't seen it yet. Obviously, yes. what to come. Yeah, uh, it's an earlier and they have prequel. They have yet another untitled mm-hmm. live action spinoff uh, of the show in the works. Outside the franchise, speaking of the 1980s, the Duffers are also tackling Stephen King and Peter Straub's 1984 novel, The Talisman. 
which I never mm. finished. I remember my dad read it and I stra- started reading mm. it. And between what I read and my dad told me, that one sounds like it would be, a f- it's perfect for them. It would be a fantastic thing oh, to right? come okay. to life. Yeah. Oh, okay. In other 1980s news, Indiana Jones show canceled as Lucasfilm dials back non-Star Wars content. Now look, in a few moments, you're going to hear me in one way or another, we don't know what level it'll be, going on some kind of tirade about, you know, <laughs> bullshit nonsense from Dukak and the likes and his ilk. <laughs> but I can't <laughs> wait. So when I read this to you, yeah. I'm going to draw a distinction and uh, what I'm about to say, because this first sentence is going to already set, set up flags for you guys. According to trusted industry insider, Jeff Snyder, I didn't say Mm -hmm. what, I guess one of our, what is it? Trustworthy, reliable sources. Trusted. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is a gentleman who used to work for Variety. Uh, But um, anyway, now he, he's, uh, he writes for some other folks, including Above the Line and the Hot Mike. Anyway, he had report, he reports that the Indiana Jones series that we heard teased in November of last year is no longer moving forward at Disney Plus. So last year in Variety Mm -hmm. had reported that, uh, Lucasfilm was looking to develop a new live action Indiana Jones series. And while no details were were provided, there was a lot of speculation that it would be a prequel to avoid any kind of, you know, having to replace Harrison Mm -hmm. Ford type issues. And it would focus on Mm -hmm. the exploits of Abner Ravenwood, Indy's mentor and Marion's father. Mm -hmm. You know, he would be the stand-in. Because as we know, he was an archaeologist and Indiana Jones supposedly learned a lot from him. So it kind of made sense. Mm -hmm. Some hopefuls, Mm -hmm. including me, and probably not John, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're thinking that uh, if they canceled, if they've, since they've canceled the series, maybe it was because it's tied to the recent resurgence of original Temple of Doom actor Kiwi oh. Kwan, who just won his first Academy Award for everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah. But according to Snyder, the Walt Disney Company itself told Lucasfilm that they should focus entirely on Star Wars merchandising, movies, TV shows, mm-hmm. everything. <laughs> Uh, and that might be why mm-hmm. the show is canceled. So we had we had the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. now if you want to bring in Kiwi Kwan, mm-hmm. I think it's the, it's the Kiwi Chronicles. I think you're right. You're right yourself, really. <laughs> oh it my can't gosh. be the young Kiwi Kwan. We need the same amount of beats there. The young Kiwi Chronicles. There right, we go. The young it's all done. But he's old. So the old Kiwi Waskel, Chronicles. That wascally But he's old. Kiwi so they got to recast him so he still doesn't get to be in the thing. Yeah, there you go. We're looking for a new <laughs> actor. Um, and this could be the reason why, you know, if they if they were told to focus on Star Wars, maybe that's why Willow has been quote unquote paused for the moment, if not at all mm-hmm. outright canceled. Right. Right. But we don't know. Um, the number of upcoming Star Wars projects announced at Star Wars Celebration, though, last mm-hmm. week seem to support this theory that, uh, you know, the company is shifting with laser focus on this, you know, giant mm-hmm. tentpole IP. They never learn. They never learn. Mm-hmm. They oversaturate Star Wars until people start Mm -hmm. to go, oh, for crying out loud. I mean, Paramount Mm -hmm. is learning with Star Trek. Like, okay, maybe it's too much. Ah. Let's find, we found an equilibrium. We're going to cancel this one and this one and bring this new one on. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I like Star Wars. I'm not a Star Wars fanatic, but I can't watch all the stuff they put out. Mm. Like, it it feels like required reading. Like, I can't watch Marvel movies (laughs) anymore. Because I I feel like I missed my homework. I didn't, oh, I didn't watch all of WandaVision. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Ray just dropped out of class. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I was just auditing. Incomplete. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. uh, I don't know. It's a little complicated. You disagree? But, well. It's a a lot of Star Wars. uh, There's plenty of Star Wars content that I have not seen. Um, I haven't, I don't think I've seen all of the Clone Wars. Yeah. I did see all of Rebels. Oh, oh, I wow. didn't see, yeah, I didn't see, um, what's the one, 
that's about the the clones. There's Bad Batch. One, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I haven't seen any of that. Mm-hmm. Yes, Boba Fett. Yes, Obi Wan. Yes, Mandalorian. I mean, so anyway, my point being, I don't feel like I have to see all mm-hmm. of it. It's okay mm-hmm. if other people are are watching it. I don't have yeah. to see it all. Yeah, I, yeah. and yeah. yeah, I didn't watch any of those animated things. Well, that's really okay. amazing. Um, I, I don't know. I've got thoughts about it that are probably beyond the scope of this news story, but, um, mm-hmm. so, you know, we'll save them for May 4th or something. I, I don't know. We can talk about that, I guess. Ooh, um, yeah. But speaking of Star Wars celebration, <laughs> uh, in addition to the upcoming Star Wars content, which I just mentioned, mm-hmm. which includes, by the way, the new, I'm talking about the new other stuff that they're adding already that they've already announced includes a Mandalorian film that's supposed to sort of bring together the Mandalorian seasons and some of the other ancillary stories really? and characters. Dave, Dave Filoni is going to get directed that bit, a big screen uh, follow up. And there's going to be another, right. probably, I say, did they say trilogy? There's going to be another series of films set 15 years after the rise of Skywalker that's going to see the development of another Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. So the Jedi are going to be coming back. And the person bringing them back is Daisy Ridley's Ray. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I did not know they that. They should call it Ooh, Return okay. of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and then as far as non-Star Wars content announced at the Star Wars celebration, uh, it also included a presentation for Indiana Jones in the Dial of Destiny, where we got to see, you know, mm-hmm. I think many of our the actors that are going to be in the film. And during that panel, guests were treated to the first official trailer for the upcoming sequel, which was also posted uh-huh. online. They did that at the Star Wars celebration? They had an Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. While we have yeah. your attention, nerds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Star Wars only. Ah! <laughs> flipping stuff over, hitting each other with plastic lightsabers. Avert your eyes. Yeah. The, the, the footage was presented by. In fact, at the at the Star Wars celebration, the footage was presented by by the director James Mangold and the, uh, mm-hmm. one of the stars, Phoebe Waller Bridge. We mm-hmm. get a better understanding, I think, what's going on. Probably not any surprises, but what did you guys think? I loved it. Yeah. It made mm-hmm. me more excited mm-hmm. to see the movie. I watched. I watched it more than one time. Yeah, I love the opening. <laughs> he Jesus, yes, the yes. chair. when yeah. the music starts, he <laughs> jumps out. It's jolted by the yeah. Rolling Stones. Yeah, by the Rolling Stones. Yeah, <laughs> the breadcrumbs that they kind of sprinkle mm-hmm. with this trailer mm-hmm. yeah. makes me wonder, Will, whether or not your two opposing takes on time travel. <laughs> Hell, we have not one we fall somewhere. Yeah. No, no, whether or not we fall somewhere in the middle, oh, because okay. initially you're like, "There's no time travel," right? And then you're like, "There is time travel." Yeah. Right, and and right. it almost like time travel. The reason I wanted to believe there's no time travel is because it feels so out of place in this very grounded adventure story. Right, mm-hmm. but I wonder if it isn't time travel as we think of it. But the way they talk about it in the mm-hmm. trailer is that it has the ability to change things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that I corporeally will be existing in a different time, right. but rather by doing something with this and, you know, sprinkling the right, you know, eye of newt and Mm -hmm. dust a frog or whatever, (laughs) that I can change things that have happened as if you had time travel. So I, I I get that feeling. So again, I know what's going to happen. It's going to be July. You're going to take a sample Mm -hmm. of me saying this to make fun of me being wrong, (laughs) but I'm still saying I wouldn't do that to you. Bullshit. Uh, You've done it multiple times. I wouldn't do it about this (laughs) only because I might, I could very well be on that. And that's predicament as well. Right. And so what I'll do is take a sample of you saying yes. you won't do it <laughs> when oh, you do it and play it back go. to you. <laughs> <laughs> what's Kat going to do? I'm just going to finish having my hot flash because that's what's happening oh. right now. Wow. She will guffaw. Oh. Guffaw. <laughs> yeah, and I'll guffaw, yeah. <laughs> uh, John, that's ultimately where, where I settled. But, but and I guess to add to that, you know, because I hadn't thought about what you're saying. I think that's pretty cool. 
because I did I do think mm-hmm. it's, it can't be in a sci-fi way. I agree in that in that regard. And that yeah. concept yeah. of time travel, like you and I are big, both big fans of time travel. I've consumed a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a sort of an example we could think of that's like that. But that's really fascinating way of thinking of it. But no one actually steps through a time mm-hmm. portal and is you know in a different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what I do right. think, my final sort of feeling about this is that, like, consistent with the other films, whatever the power is, the way you describe it, or it's different, mm-hmm. we're only mm-hmm. going to really see it wielded once. It's going to be at the very mm-hmm. end, and it's going to kill the bad mm-hmm. guy, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. even if it winds up being more fantastical than uh, what you're saying, which is a better, a mm-hmm. cooler idea, we're not mm-hmm. going to see people time hopping. Someone's going to open a portal. No, someone's going to step through it. They're going to age instantly, a hundred years, like in uh, you know right. Last Crusade, and they're going to drop <laughs> yeah. dead. I got to say, I don't even care how it's presented. I'm just excited to see the movie. Yeah. I'm, it's it's fine. Whatever they do with time travel. <laughs> yeah. And I may or may not understand. I might not be able to wrap my head around it because that's a tricky thing yeah. to contemplate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess consistent with the, the, the time travel notions, uh, Nazi, the Nazi character played by Mads Mikkelsen, which I learned you don't actually pronounce it Mads in his native tongue. I don't remember how. I think oh. it's more like Mass, Mass Mickelson, but nobody oh. says that. Mm. Uh, Mads Mickelson okay. says, his character says, Hitler made mistakes and with this, I will correct mm-hmm. them all. So you're right. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound like right. he necessarily has to go back and say, Hitler, don't right. do that. Yeah. You should keep mm. being a painter. You know, there wasn't like that <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. There were a couple lines in this trailer that led me to believe that that's how it was going to be used. We shall see. Well, the film, which uh, Ford swears will be his last in the franchise, maybe we'll play him that mm-hmm. uh, that audio when he uh, does another one. <laughs> Hits theaters June 30th. <laughs> All right. How's that? Okay, so that was 1980s new. Hey, our independent podcast is brought to you every week by folks just like you. So if you'd like to help us out, please... Follow us on the podcast platform you're listening to right now. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Share an episode on Facebook. All of these actions just take a moment and are 100% free. But if you'd like to chuck in a buck and help us keep publishing the show week after week, please visit us at 1980snow.com support to find out how you can send us a dollar or two. And thank you so much. It means a lot. Okay, look, as I mentioned... I, I had already mm-hmm. been, been developing uh, in this episode to talk about Kathleen Kennedy for a while and slowly. And quite honestly, I've been mm-hmm. slowly slow walking it because I've had yeah. this fantasy of being able to interview her. Now, she doesn't oh. do a lot of interviews at all. Oh, but she doesn't. Oh, Very okay. few. Um, uh, do so, they know who you are? No, of course not. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you know who I am? <laughs> no, I don't. That's, that's the problem. Yes. Well, give me some time. <laughs> Get to know me. Are you free for lunch? <laughs> Have Ernie oh, Hudson call her people. Yes. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Who do I know that knows somebody that knows somebody? Does D. Wallace know her? Oh, yes. They work together on like, E.T. Yeah. Oh, nice cat. Oh, I love this idea. You've got it uh, Anyway, I know I'm never going to interview her, so that's fine. <laughs> and look, she probably has every mm. right to, or every reason to be, she doesn't need to do interviews. That's the bottom line. But also, if I were her, and I'm not, and she's probably a, 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 a person, she's clearly a person who rises above these things more than I do, and uh, mm-hmm. in that regard, uh, <laughs> maybe more thick-skinned and level-headed and, uh, uh, you know, well-measured uh, uh, in this way, uh, why why expose yourself to someone who might be, you know, an, some kind of asshole, you know, toxic uh, mm-hmm. man who's going to ask her dumb questions about, well, question number one, uh, why did you ruin Star Wars? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Let me mansplain why you wrecked it. You might say something about beauty standards. Yeah. Oh, she's breaking oh, them. And, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. Perhaps she, she could have a hot <laughs> flash live on the show. 
Oh, this is now sounding sexist, John. Too far. You see something about her headlights going out or whatever. Don't shake your head. No, you did that. I know. I, Any I said blinker only because you said headlights. No, I think I think Kat I said, said headlights. headlights. Oh, okay, I thought you were playing. I just me. went along with the silliness oh, of right. it. Yeah. All right, now I know why John was upset. All, all I said was ooh. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> he was looking. Yeah, <laughs> that threw me off. Read into that whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> so the reason I'm inspired, I suppose, is not the right word. But what's the word when someone just gets you so pissed off you want to do something about it? That's probably not inspired. I guess we could say inspired. Um, and rage. Yeah, yeah. But that it doesn't sound like that motivates you to do anything, right? Oh, you know, um, it's like inspired, but mm, for a negative reason is the word. I don't know. I'm sure the Germans right. have a word for it that's really long and sounds. Got to be a word for it. Yeah, <laughs> they have yeah. seven words for it, and it probably said well, the Eskimos, yeah, and yeah. the German Eskimos especially. No, 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 not the Eskimos. They don't have seven words for inspired but angry. Oh, the they have it for ice or water, yeah. Yes, ice. right. If you want to talk about 1980 snow, they'll have hundreds. <laughs> yeah, hundreds. Perfect. Hundreds. They have 1,980 ways of saying snow. Uh, anyway, so look, the start, what happened is, as we just were talking about Star Wars Celebration, someone who appeared there, of course, is the president of Lucasfilm herself, Kathleen Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And okay. among the announcements she made, like I just mentioned, also included the fact that Beyond the three films that she oversaw as her at her reign at, uh, at Lucas Films, she said there's going to be mm-hmm. three more. So, man, this just pissed off a lot of incels, you know, uh, and they're going fucking, they're going bananas. Uh, and so these people who- have to watch them. So I, I just wanted to provide some counter-programming to that because mm-hmm. I, I feel mm-hmm. protective mm-hmm. and not necessarily of her, but there's right. probably some- <laughs> so- so, <laughs> Will's going to give us the vol cell perspective. <laughs> the what? Vol cell voluntarily selling? Yeah, there's the, the vol cell. Right, you, you know, counter programming yes, to the incels. Yes, right. Okay, I'm going to make a proclamation right now <laughs> that the reason I don't have sex is because I choose not to, <laughs> and that's fine. Vol cell, maybe vol. Yeah, want to get the right. I'd make the same statement, but just through the end of this show. (laughs) Wait, what? Thanks for waiting, John. (laughs) You're welcome. It'd be great if five minutes he's like, I, I, I blew it. Put your hands on the. Put your hands on the cat in front of the camera. (laughs) So look, these. What's that buzzing? We've talked about these people. You, is it really hmm? buzzing or is this a, no, it's not real buzzing. The, we've talked about these people before, whether it's Doomcock or some other jackasses that I just learned about. A lot of their quote unquote, you know, uh, fandom is, is, is misogynistic, is toxic, is seems more mm-hmm. about Kathleen Kennedy as being a woman and less about the right mm-hmm. decisions that she's made uh, as a business person. You know, it's just anyway. It seems so, like that's the entry point to the criticism, isn't it? Like that's, uh, we start there and then they kind of weave in. Yeah, it's. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Whether you look, I, yeah. Pre- I can critique the movies. There's certain things mm-hmm. I like or don't like, but it's not because she's a right. woman. Right, exactly. Oh, anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> that has nothing to do uh, with uh, it. Among the, uh, I, you know, sort of the uh, rage inducing things on their side, the things that have now set them, you know, into all the flutter in their, in their parents' basement is one, her mere <laughs> presence at Star Wars Celebration contradicted one of the oldest lies about Kennedy. That one that began mm-hmm. in at least 2017, as far as I can tell, that her termination mm-hmm. was imminent. 
That's Aww. great. <laughs> and I just found a new guy on YouTube. His name is Mike Zero, appropriately. Oh. Because that's the amount of times he's getting laid. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, now you're giving him press. What are you doing, Will? You're giving him a press. No, I want them to know. I want these people to know. Okay. know and our, our okay. people, listen, people listening to us know that we, we know see people. you. We see you. This Mike guy's Zero. making up a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Holy cow. But he's he's oh, been no. he's been saying she's getting fired. He just said it again. She's getting fired. Uh, and then she appears at Star Wars Celebration and announces she's doing all these movies. I love it. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Well, the thing is, she probably will get fired eventually one day. I don't Unless think she'll ever get fired. You don't think she will? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, so if, you, if you say something often enough and eventually it happens, right. like, I told you. <laughs> yeah, yes, I knew yes, it was going to yes. rain. It was just seven days after oh. I said you reminded me of something altogether else. You know, Doom Cocko, oh. I dipped in to see what he said about the latest trailer of Indiana Jones. Oh, your buddy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's pointing out how, look, what? they changed things. What? Remember I told you there was going to be bad things. You could tell they were already changing them because of what I said. Oh. Yeah, fucking because of, yes, because yes, of yes. him. Yes, yeah. because. Uh, you know what? Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> so that's one thing. Another thing they've been saying is that George Lucas is, is back. He is helping, you know, trying to right the ship, including uh, retconning what happened in episode nine, the last of the films that we got under Kathleen Kennedy's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, work there. Mm. Okay. No, false. Hmm. And look, I can tell you what, um, you don't have to believe me. Again, mm -hmm. she just announced three new movies she's doing that are leading, that are coming right <laughs> off the end of number nine. So. Okay, there you go. Yep. <laughs> another thing they've been saying is that Kennedy, this is a few months ago, just the end of last year, she was told to keep quiet about Star Wars. Stop talking about Star Wars. Well, we just learned Disney told them to focus on Star Wars and she just announced <laughs> a shitload of new Star Wars stuff coming out. <laughs> Dummies. <laughs> Now, while, while these things play on their fans' inability to Google anything other than uh, other angry Star Wars nerds. Right. Other than right, one another right. for the little echo chamber. Yes. Right. They right. included among their some of their videos that they're saying uh, that I got. So some of the stuff I had mentioned from this guy, I think his name's Mike Zero. Uh, but these other guys mm -hmm. called, uh, I think they're called Geeks and Gamers. Uh, and we know gamers do not have a good right. reputation for being, you know, uh, feminists. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. But the two things that I saw them <laughs> outraged about, or, or saying about her recently following Star Wars Celebration are easily refutable. In fact, they include mm -hmm. video footage that refutes what they say. And it's like, oh my, what? How? And I look at the comments and people are like agreeing with what they just said. So I have an example for you. So, okay. Uh, here, here's a real easy one. One of the things they said was okay. uh, that's going around is saying that when she appeared at Star Wars Celebration, she, the audience greeted her with silence. And you could tell, therefore, that the even the audience there, you know, fans like them, do not like her. Here, here's the introduction of her in Star Wars Celebration. It's the president of Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy. Wow. I, I hear a lot of whooping, a lot of cheering. <laughs> uh, admittedly, they're playing music rather loud, but... You could hear but the applause hear under the there. She had a hold for it yeah. before she could, you know, start speaking. Now, maybe yeah. they were just cheering for John Williams. You don't know. <laughs> I guess. Oh, right, John. <laughs> we're just excited to hear the music. <laughs> and then, it had nothing to do with her. No, no. And the Geeks and Gamers also said that this video was all about how angry she got at the interviewer. So she did do an interview in connection oh. with Celebration with IGN, you know, which is a fairly established nerd website. Uh, and resource. And they said, <laughs> I'll just play it for you. 
So I'm going to play for you first mm-hmm. her getting asked a question and then I'll play for you mm-hmm. them, uh, you know, giving some color commentary about her response. Okay. okay. So here's Kathleen Kennedy being asked, I think first about um, some of the Star Wars projects that were announced that last celebration never came to fruition. So what mm-hmm. became of those? Well, they shelved, okay. I think the interview says. Do you know that there have, mm-hmm. there are some that have been shelved? Well, they haven't been shelved. Oh. Most things haven't been shelved. Development is a complicated, long-term process. Mm-hmm. Some people, we, we're dealing with scheduling yeah. because obviously really talented people are working. Mm-hmm. So we don't, it, it's often not a shelving. It's, it's just, is it ready? And this is what it sounded like to the geeks. <laughs> like I just she like she got pissed. She got pissed. Yeah, she didn't like that question. <laughs> what? Did she seem pissed? So, first of all, did she seem pissed? Well, first she didn't seem pissed. No. And if she was, yeah. <laughs> what what would that be? What is that evidence of? Yeah. <laughs> right. But she didn't even she just said no. like she was clarifying. She, <laughs> I would I would say I would say she was seriously correcting. Yeah. But I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't feel like mm-hmm. she felt attacked or she was defending herself. Yeah. She's, right. I, I think she was informing someone who doesn't understand how the business works and she's right. Mm, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like I have YouTube videos that I've been planning for two years and haven't done them yet because yeah. I, I need stuff. I'm working on stuff or it's on the back burner because yes. I'm doing something else. That's how everything works right. in, in media. Yeah. Yes. Uh, no, no, I'm pissed. <laughs> that, no, that sounds pissed. Yes. <laughs> Go, John. Go, John. <laughs> and then this, in the second clip, she's asked about uh, what became of Kevin Feige directing a Star Wars film. Kevin Feige's okay. project was something announced in the press or I suppose yeah, yeah. fandom, mm-hmm. but there was nothing, nothing ever got developed. Right. You see we her. She has an open expression. She's smiling. She seems genuine. And- Kevin's a huge Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if he did come up with something, I would be all ears, but that's never really happened. So mm-hmm. it's not an abandoned right, project. Right. It just didn't happen. And this is how they heard it. <laughs> they were, she really wants to push back on that stuff. You know what I mean? It's clear that these questions really fucking bothered her. Yes. Like she got very upset. What? <laughs> so, I mean, and these two idiots mm. are playing the clips. And in the comments are like, yeah, they got to her. She's mad. She's lying. She's so, you saw it, people. And again, what if she was upset? Yeah, but even Who still. Cares? But even still, I mean, right. Yes, you're mischaracterizing the reaction. Yeah. But let's right, say you right, weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's not entitled to be upset with an interviewer over dumb questions. Or, not that these were right. dumb questions, right. but yeah, what yeah. if they were, you know, if you've right. been upset. Look, I'm not a woman, but it reminds me of that thing that, that you know, what I hear uh, say about how women have to be like flat emotionally. Otherwise mm-hmm. they're over, or overreacting. It's mischaracterized. Right. Yeah. If you're excited. You're hysterical. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Whatever. Oh my. Anyway, to, look, to your point, John, about uh, you had stuff that's, you know, still in development and not, quote, shelved. These, mm-hmm. are, these are YouTube guys, too. So uh, my thought mm-hmm. is the, look. <laughs> <laughs> but, but if your content is just reaction dissing, there's yeah. not a lot of preparation needed. So you don't have to shelve yeah. things. Yeah. Those projects are mm-hmm. easy to do. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, I, yeah. and probably, like Doomcock, these two jackasses and that Zero dude, <laughs> They just do it because they know they can get revenue off the backs of the emotional responses of these men. And they're right. That's it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that, that's target. I, I, yep. I guess I'm the idiot for not doing it since it's it generates revenue. Right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, John. You, no. The, the reality uh, is obviously you understand there's larger social it. implications for just lying to people about uh, mm-hmm. yep. you know others just to make money. Anyway, all right. So these two dudes who. 
integrity. Yeah, integrity. There we go. So these all these yeah, jackasses have really several irritating. thousand followers too, of course. But they don't have what Kennedy has, which is a list of movies that are both impressive mm. in terms of box office and prestige. I mean, an mm. unassailable track record. Uh, as I as I teased earlier, she's produced sometimes in collaboration with others over sixty mm-hmm. films. The total of which have earned over $11 billion worldwide. With a B, billion. Among those films include the five of the 50 topped grossing films in motion picture history. So 10% of those films are her ones that she produced. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Together, her movies have earned more than 120 Oscar nominations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's received eight. Oscar nominations as producers for films nominated for Best Picture. Wow. Which is the nice. third greatest number of nominations behind Spielberg and producer Scott Rudin. Wow. As a producer, she's third behind only Kevin Feige and Spielberg in terms of domestic uh-huh. box office receipts with over $7.5 billion as of 2020. Mm. She received the Irving G. Thalberg Award for the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences in 2018. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. fucking YouTubers, shut up. You don't <laughs> shit about anything. <laughs> and, yeah. This, look, it, it could be that they just want to make money. I get that. But the, 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 right. the, the losers that follow them, it's not that for them. They don't see it that way. Right. Exactly. They're, they're sucked in. And yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's that echo chamber bubble that we talked about mm-hmm. a few episodes back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If someone has a predisposition to believe something, if they find someone that reinforces it, yep. then they, they, they consume that. They inundate themselves in someone that agrees with them. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. had some, some listeners to the Gen X Grown Up podcast recently go, yeah, we're not listening anymore because you mentioned something about politics. Well, <laughs> invariably, it's they heard something they didn't agree with mm-hmm. and yeah. their viewpoint yeah. could not sustain opposing viewpoints. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that's what people do in these echo chambers of, well, I found somebody mm-hmm. that hates Kathleen Kennedy as much as I do. Great. Yeah. And you watch somebody that likes them. They're like, oh, I'm not going to watch that again. Mm-hmm. Right. So oh, it, that's it, garbage. it's yeah. far too easy to reinforce your own b- beliefs that might be based on fallacies. Yeah, I agree. And if we've got listeners like that, get out. We don't want you. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can disagree. Yes. But like if you, if mm-hmm. your beliefs cannot withstand opposing viewpoints. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. you should check out what's going on with your beliefs. Well, you, <laughs> and you know, you make me think, and yes. again, I think these guys are putting it on, which makes them probably, that makes them more evil than just being misogynists. But sure. yeah. if these yeah, guys yeah. sincerely believe that is a person being angry, this generation, and these yeah. are younger kids than us. They are fucking super yeah. soft. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who, ra- who raised yeah, them? Right. We were talking about how we ruin this generation of kids, I'm, but I need a mental health day. I feel attacked. Yeah, I mean, jeez. <laughs> They wouldn't have survived in my house. You raised your voice slightly at me. <laughs> but anyway, and you know. It's irresponsible. Yeah. It's just irresponsible of them. It really yeah. is. Curiously or interestingly enough, you know, because I think it's easy to think about somebody now as, you know, look, she's in charge of Lucasfilm, you know, which is one of the most mm-hmm. well-known brands, certainly certainly one of the world's largest, holder of the world's largest single, maybe, you know, single IP Star Wars. I don't know. I mean. Probably, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, it, and that doesn't include Indiana Jones and the other things that Lucasfilm directed, which she also is in charge of. And she's also in charge okay. of Industrial Light and Magic. I mean, all, everything that Lucas developed wow. in there, you know, that's mm-hmm. all under her. But she began mm-hmm. humbly. Um, mm-hmm. She, uh, and interestingly enough, when she ultimately uh, began working in film, 
She confessed to having looked down her nose at one of the biggest films at the time she, she started entering the business, which was Spielberg's Jaws, which she regarded oh. as lowbrow. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. And, and she has a, you know, before you think that she's, well, she's, you know, holier than now, it's because she says, quote, I was in my 70s cinephile phase. It's so insane, mm. end quote, which a lot of people were in the 70s. Yeah. Sure. And sure. Jaws was a mm-hmm. very outside of the box kind of film. It was the first yeah, kind of yeah. over the top blockbuster kind of thing that I, I could see how someone, I'm, I'm not defending her position. I always liked Jaws, but mm-hmm. yeah. I also was not a a 70s film snob either. I was just a kid who was like, yeah. this is sharks eating people. Awesome. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. And, the first and very minutes, little that blah, blah, blah love story right. wasn't happening in Jaws. Just <laughs> sharks and barrels. Yes. Well, it's probably the equivalent of Sharknado like nowadays, you know, yeah, like that, that's the way maybe it came across. <laughs> you back think then? that someone's looking down on Sharknado? <laughs> Well, now. No, that's highbrow stuff, cat. <laughs> How dare you? Well, I mean, as a brief aside to the Jaws thing, I always think of, I, I think of Spielberg doing Jaws yeah. akin to, oh, like Steve Jobs with the iPhone. You know, Steve okay. Jobs always mm. said, people don't know what they want. I'm going to show them what they want. Mm. Ah, and I think Spielberg did that yeah. with Jaws where people weren't asking for that kind of action mm. and drama and suspense and over the topness in a film. He just uh-huh. did it and said, here's what mm. you want. And he was right, like Steve yeah. Jobs was right. <laughs> well, interestingly, uh, in 77, she that it was her when she saw Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind that mm. confirmed that she wanted to get into the movie business. <laughs> yeah. And in 1979, wow. she got a job as an assistant to John Milius, who was then working as a producer for Spielberg mm-hmm. on one of his few uh, box office bombs, 1941, the film 1941. Oh, uh, that's too bad. Okay. While she was working for, for Milius <laughs> during that production, Kennedy caught the attention of Spielberg, who stated in 2015, she was horrible at taking notes. But what oh. she did know how to do was interrupt somebody in mid-sentence. This is feeding all to all these <laughs> incels' feelings about women, I'm probably. Uh, but we'd be pitching ideas back and forth, and Kathy, who was supposed to be writing these ideas down, would suddenly put her pencil down and say something like, what if he didn't get the girl, but instead got the dog? End uh. quote. <laughs> and so uh, Spielberg soon hired her uh, away from Milius, uh, to work for him as his assistant. And soon uh, she was working uh, with Spielberg and Lucas on Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wow. She was an associate uh, to Spielberg on that film. Mm-hmm. In the following year, she worked as associate producer on Spielberg's production of Toby Hooper's Poltergeist in 1982. Ah. So, so far, all flops. <laughs> <laughs> Could you name one we know, Will? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, it was right after her work on uh, Raiders and Poltergeist that Spielberg had planned to do his next film, E.T. At the time, Kennedy was 29, and and Stephen said, I think you're ready. Why don't you produce this? Wow. Have you ever heard of Amblin Entertainment? Maybe. that little thing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that little, yeah. (laughs) Do you know who Amblin Entertainment is? The the three folks who actually formed Amblin Entertainment. Um, Is it Spielberg? That's right. And... Kathleen Kennedy. That's two, yes. And, and mm-hmm. Kathleen Kennedy's husband, Frank Marshall, oh. who was a gentleman she met on the set of Raiders of the Lost Ark, oh. uh, which Marshall was uh, producing. Wow. Um, Amblin uh, went on a tear producing a string of successful films throughout the 1980s, including Gremlins, Back to the Future, mm-hmm. The Color Purple. Um, when Kennedy and Marshall got married, one of the few people from outside their families to attend was George Lucas. 
Ah. Oh. By the way, just yeah. as a side note, amidst doing all mm-hmm. this stuff, in 1989, mm-hmm. at the age of 36, Kennedy mm-hmm. won the U.S. Nationals for her age class in Javelin, a sport she just took what? up a few months before the event. Seriously? Yes. Oh, my just gosh. Just a side note, just to give you an idea of- uh, Oh, my gosh. Wow. Just to defend herself from the trolls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they were starting to come out. Yes, yeah. right. <laughs> Anyway, I, I mentioned amazing. George Lucas because we could jump. We'll just, we'll just leap forward. It's no question when you consider the her her body of work. And again, look, I got a mm-hmm. list here from the 1980s. So just I'll rifle through these ones real quick here. We mentioned Poltergeist DT, Twilight Zone. Okay, that was somewhat of a dud. She was a producer. Temple of Doom, <laughs> Gremlins, mm-hmm. The Goonies, mm-hmm. Back to the Future, Young Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> The Color Purple, The Money Pit, An American Tale, Inner Space, Empire of the Sun, Batteries Not Included, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Land oh, Before Time. Back to the Future 2, and always. And throughout these mm-hmm. films, she was either an associate producer, executive producer, or sometimes she was a co-executive producer. You know the thread that runs through all of those films? Yep. Is that there's not a thread that runs through all of those films. <laughs> there's not, it's, it's not just a one note like, oh, yeah, you can do right. space movies, but can you do this? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's some... There's some social commentary films in there. There's some animation. There's there's comedy. There's action. It's all in there. Yeah. Yep. It's yeah, a that's, wide variety. That is, yeah, yep. that is quite a palette. Well, I think it's this look. It's no surprise that based on that history and her work with uh, Lucas in particular uh, throughout mm-hmm. the years and Spielberg, that uh, Lucas in 2012 called her for a lunch that she thought was just simply to catch up. But it, uh-huh. it was during this meeting that he told her that he was thinking about stepping down and was looking for a replacement Mm-hmm. At which mm-hmm. she started brainstorming of, uh, you know, someone that could uh, help. Oh. And he, uh, <laughs> Lucas responded immediately, no, 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 I'm thinking about you doing this. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she was taken aback, but quickly came around. After telling Lucas mm-hmm. she may be interested, she said, quote, I immediately felt this sense of responsibility and a sort of feeling that I wanted to do this for him as well as for myself because I knew how important it was to him. End quote. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and it was just mm-hmm. a few months uh, later that Lucas announced the sale of Lucasfilm to Disney for $4 billion. Mm-hmm, now, until mm-hmm. Kennedy was brought on, there was no sniff, no whiff of a Star mm-hmm. Wars anything new coming in the future. Uh, partly because okay. Lucas got burned by critics and fans alike uh, mm-hmm. uh, from, uh, for the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Uh, and so he got yep. cold feet. And so nobody, nobody ever questioned Lucas. It was kind of, it's kind of an emperor's new, new clothes situation over Ooh, there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But as soon as Kennedy was hired, staffers began to see it as a sign that there was going to be another Star Wars film. It was inevitable mm-hmm. because Kennedy is a consummate and you movie don't, maker. Nobody buys that franchise yeah. to not make stuff. Uh, yes. Not, yes. <laughs> right. It was like, we paid all these billions of dollars. We can do with it. Eh, just sit on it. Well, and speaking of Star Wars, because, you know, these folks who uh, claim that the, 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 with regard to her, it's two things right now. They complain about Indiana Jones and they complain about what she's mm-hmm. she's woke. She's making everything woke. You know, it's <laughs> first of all, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck woke means. But it sounds so stupid. Like I, I'm, I'm proud to be woke. If I understand woke it's a, properly, I'm happy to be it. <laughs> it's a flag word for changes I don't like. I mean, I mean, you'd rather be awake, generally speaking, right? I guess you're tired. You want to go to sleep. But <laughs> but if Disney was going to go woke and go broke as these people, you know, as, part, as oh. their, one of their mantras. Yeah, clearly that I mean, happened. As far as revenue is concerned, the company's most lucrative area is its media and entertainment business. Mm-hmm. In 2022, it announced a revenue of $82.7 billion, which was an increase <laughs> of over $15 billion from the previous year. So not going broke. No. Of that 
revenue, $55 billion was generated by the media and entertainment segment. So, no, not only they got no one broke, they're not going broke. They're not going to fire her if they, they got yeah. this track record. So it's more uh -huh. of a go woke, get stoked. It's like yeah. an opposite. Yeah. Ah, yes. Hit it. Hit it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but the other thing that just drives me crazy about these people, again, because, you know, first of all, they're picking on her for Indiana Jones. Shit hasn't even happened yet just because there's a woman in it. Uh, and then they pick her on for these other films because they didn't like the way it went. And I have mixed thoughts about those films, but they still made money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Except for Solo. Uh, all the films made money. And you would think YouTubers that diss people for money would understand the money aspect of why she's not getting fired. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. and they do, right? That, that's what makes them really evil. I guess that's, that's what you're saying. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and, and, and again, I, the people that believe them, and I think about Star Wars. You're supposed to be Star Wars fans. I think about Obi-Wan Kenobi's line in A New Hope. Who is more mm -hmm. foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? Mm. All of these people are following mm -hmm. for these such dumb lines, you know? And yeah, again, just obvious, another obvious thing, right? They will shit on all the Star Wars films and an mm -hmm. Indiana Jones movie hasn't come out, and, but they love the Mandalorian. They love <laughs> Andor. Well, guess they what, do? jackasses? She's the executive producer Wait. of all those two. So what do they say? Yeah, but John Favreau's in that one, and Dave Filoni's in that one, right? Because she can't play every single role, so she has people. <laughs> well, so if helping. it's bad, it's her fault. If it's good, it's a man's. Uh, of course, uh, to his course. credit. Yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah. You know, John, that works out. I was thinking about how John a couple times mentioned gatekeeping and jokingly said like maybe I'm gatekeeping you for music. I think last week or something, and something else came up. <laughs> but, yeah, but I was wondering yeah. if if. And look, I know gatekeeping is generally bad. And I fight that old man sort of thing, being mm -hmm. protective of my toys, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I feel mm -hmm. like, is, are there circumstances where gatekeeping is good in the sense that why we have bouncers at nightclubs? You know, that okay. you want to keep some, you want to keep the assholes out. Well, aren't boundaries important? Yes. <laughs> in general, you know, yeah. <laughs> Having personal boundaries or... But permeable boundaries yeah. are uh, a healthy thing too. Yeah. It depends upon the motivation of the gatekeeper, really. I mean, mm -hmm. if the motivation mm -hmm. is to keep the assholes out, yeah. well, uh -huh. that's called security. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. I mean, the, yeah. the, mm -hmm. the gatekeeping that irritates me is, you know, I'm a fan of Donkey Kong. Yeah. And if you're not playing it right, don't even put your quarter in. Like, oh, what? Yeah. You know, yeah, so like, yeah. if, you, if you don't love this thing the way I love this thing, you're not allowed to love this thing. That, that's. You know, that's when I say gatekeeping, that's really what I'm talking about. And, that's and like of course, narcissism. Yeah. With you, I was using it, you know, facetiously, yeah, capital yes. F, just well, like yeah, Puff, yeah. Puff Daddy. Facetious. <laughs> yes. Facetious. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's really just, it, it, you're not allowed to love it the way you love it because it's not the way I do. Yeah. I didn't, right. I didn't feel gatekeep it actually will. Actually will. I yeah. Yeah. Like I guess I was just thinking, I know <laughs> I try, I try to be aware of not gatekeeping because I, I do right, sometimes right. want to be that guy, you know. But I do like at this in this whole conversation, I feel is intended to be gatekeeping because we don't want those kinds of quote unquote fans because you're not actual fans. If fans would give mm. constructive criticism, I think we need to work on this or this thing and understand and appreciate the various roles, including Kathleen Kennedy play to get us there or sometimes miss. You're just working security. You're not yeah. gatekeeping. Okay. There you are. Yeah. Very good. You're, yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, uh, look, yeah. it's a minority of people. They're just very vocal. And vocal. Yeah. the leaders of these well, movements are taking advantage of the, these followers again, just to get ads. And I feel they're dealing in deception and it's, and they're not, and they're not owning up to it. They're not putting anything out there. Like, by the way, we're just joking. Yep. It, 
<laughs> that bugs me. <laughs> that that really yeah. bugs me. Yeah. And I I do I do come across you know some other counter programming, including on Facebook. I found a group called the Jedi Enclave, oh. which uh, in response to you know some of the stuff that came out on Star Wars Celebration, they said, "Like it or not, this is proof that Mike Zero, etc., are liars, and nothing is being erased from canon." Never trust uh-huh. sources that attempt to monetize your anger. Mm-hmm. 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 So, yeah. So, look, and, and like I'm glad that. they call themselves Jedi, too, because once again, I'm reminded of another quote, paraphrasing here from Empire Strikes Back. Yoda uh-huh. talking about what leads to the dark side, hate and anger. Mm-hmm. So if you're really fans mm-hmm. of this thing, as you claim you are. Yeah, yeah. Check yourselves with your own canon. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Unless they're identifying with being Siths. I guess I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case either. Well, well, I've yeah. often heard that that nobody loves hating Star Wars more than people who love Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Hey, for better or worse, that was the show. No, for better. Hey. I thought you were going to give us a quiz yeah. when you said, and once again. Yeah. Oh, and once yeah. again, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> well, yeah. oh, a, God, that's what a, happened. I thought John was sweating it. Yeah. yeah. I looked down at John. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then you gave, you just gave us a quote. It wasn't a quiz. <laughs> yeah, I got off, I got off easy. Go. I got to keep you. Up. They didn't get you. Didn't get us, cat. Got to keep you guessing. Quizless, yeah, that's right. This quizless show is brought to you every week, <laughs> thanks in part to our early adopters mm-hmm. like Rick Parker, mm-hmm. Kathy Burke. Yep. Oh no, I did it wrong. Are you trying to do your old style again? I'm trying, no, no, oh, mixing no. it up or whatever? Thanks in part, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't have a good system for keeping track here. Thanks in part to our early adopters like Karen Fleeger, mm-hmm. Kathy Burke, and yep. Rick Parker. Hey. <laughs> and thanks especially to our Secret of Our Success Level Patreon supporters like Brad Bowman, Nick oh, yeah. Guillory, Go, Nick. Marcus Taylor, Tony Great, Greg Coletta, and John Henderson. Hey, you finished on John Henderson. I feel like we used to do that. Um, Probably when we had fewer, well, fewer supporters at our Patreon. I think when he was like the He was supporter. the only supporter. <laughs> Thanks, John, for supporting us for that long. Yeah. And I didn't get to say his name then, and he's been first for a long right. time. Yes, that's right. Time, time for him to be last and flourished. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for helping us be able to literally produce the show week after week. We greatly appreciate it. Um, and that's hey, right. if you want to support the show, you can do so. You can become a patron supporter and get access to a special bonus content, including we just, we just uh, shared a very, I don't know, personal and intimate discussion about some of the challenges of being a middle-aged person uh, with our patrons that may become a fuller episode, but yeah, let's do it. But You could hear it first. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. And you won't hear that one unless you're a patron. We'll do some other That's version right. where I won't name That's names right. like I did. Right. Um, <laughs> but if you, if you don't have the wherewithal to support us monetarily at the moment, you could do many other things, including just write us an email, send it to me, will at 1980snow.com or cat at 1980snow.com. Or a post on uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, etc. And here are some examples right here regarding our 10 most sampled uh, episode, which uh, we published last mm-hmm. week. Miss So wrote, Will, I got you, homie. I wear a hoodie, cap, long pants, and socks to bed. <laughs> but I'm always cold. <laughs> Even growing up in, as, a, as a kid in Georgia, I was like that. Cat, I don't think I've experienced any actual hot flashes. Oh, oh. Wow. 
It's because she's terminal, terminally cold, yeah. so she's never going to feel it. Maybe <laughs> it's impossible. Maybe she will right. never have to go through that. <laughs> May that be so. <laughs> or maybe she needs a hot flash. To defrost. <laughs> she needs you wouldn't need the hoodie. <laughs> yeah, she could put pull the hood down and and maybe just take off the socks. <laughs> okay, hey, uh-huh. and also on Instagram, Spun Counter Guy, who's the uh, author of uh, a book set in the 1980s called The Ten Tracks Mixtape Tasks. Mm-hmm. You should check that out. R- writes something. Oh, and he's re- he's re- writing regarding the secret cover songs episode. Yeah. Something John said on this episode reminded me of a story. Oh. Many years ago, I was recording at a guy's home studio in East Nashville, and he said, let me play you something I made all by myself while my wife was out of town. It ended up being what would become Hayseed Dixie. Wow. is that crazy? <laughs> awesome. Um, I, you remember I knew that someone Thomas? else had heard of it. It couldn't just be me. The ACDC <laughs> cover band that the, plays at Bluegrass. Right, the, the Bluegrass <gasps> ACDC oh cover. Gosh. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So there you go. All right. Hey, thanks for writing it, guys. All right. Hey, we will speak to you. I will be a lot more peaceful. I will do some yoga and meditation. I'll light some incense. Uh, Let me talk to you next time on 1980s Now. Until next time. Goodbye. This podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness.